Welcome to Outside Source Football, your inside look at the NFL. Listen to the latest predictions and happenings from the season with your hosts, Evan Mick and Gabriel Vondra. Here they are now. Hello and welcome to Outside Source Football. Not exactly on 101.7 FM, ready for Hillsdale this week. Uh, we're just doing our Spotify show, so this one will look a little bit different, a little bit more relaxed. Um, but we're still going to get into all the NFL games this week uh, with Evan Mick, Gabriel Vondrak, and Joseph Doherty. We're going to start out with Patriots Steelers. Uh, so the fourth and two at the end of the game, they had a fourth and two earlier, which so everybody's blaming Trubisky for trying to, you know, chuck the ball 90 yards on that fourth and two. But yeah. they had a fourth and two oh. earlier, and he checked it down, and then Jalen Warren didn't get it. And not only that, the throw was totally there. I mean, whoever he was throwing it to, I don't remember who it was. De- Deontay wide Johnson. Open. Oh, Deontay Johnson was wide open. He just absolutely whiffed the throw. Like, it was a horrible throw. But it was the right read. So, I don't know. I don't think I can blame him for that fourth and two, chucking it deep like everybody else. Well, well you can blame him for missing the throw horribly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be there's got to be a happy medium in there, right? Between forty yards down the field and throwing it short on fourth and two, maybe like get two yards or three yards. I don't know. <laughs> Keep the drive alive, Joe. Joe, you remember how locked in I was to this game, but you had some you had some good points from Patriots. Uh, I mean, first off, it was way way more high scoring than we thought. Yeah, a lot oh, yeah. a lot a lot more points. You know, we were making jokes that this this was going to be the three to zero game. Um, unfortunately, we got a three to zero game. It was just in another game this weekend. <laughs> but yeah, the I mean, the Patriots came out. Bailey Zappi's throwing touchdowns to to Hunter Henry, the most life we've seen from the Patriots offense all season. So that was you know maybe maybe something to build on. But like I said last week, the Patriots, you're not doing yourself any favors winning games at this point you're just hurting your draft Seriously. position so i mean was it was it really a good thing for them i don't know in the long run we'll see uh it was definitely good for nfl fans that the steelers lost another game and are falling in the playoff picture because nobody wants to see the steelers in the playoffs no please steelers please give me it would just be horrific to watch oh it's yeah. so boring yeah i don't want to see the steelers in the playoffs so i'm glad the patriots won i don't think patriots fans are glad they won but uh they'll still get a they'll still get a very good draft pick so yeah yeah moving on to texans jets uh losing stroud and dell and collins all in one game is just i mean dell you lost last week but in the span of two games, you lost three of your four best offensive players, taking out Laramie Tunsil. And I think the Texans' run might have just kind of come to an end. And I know this game looked high scoring because it ended like 30-6, to but this game was 0-0 zero to zero at halftime. Yeah. And it was very evident that they were missing because Stroud played the full first half, played all the way up to like maybe the fourth quarter. And it was really, really obvious that Tank Dell and Nico Collins were missing because Stroud played fine, but there just wasn't anybody out there making nice catches I'm making like sideline catches. They had a lot of a lot of drops in the sideline or a lot of get one foot in and fall out of bounds. So his stat line did, did just looked pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, honestly, once without those two, there wasn't much that Stroud was going to be able to do. You know, Noah Brown, who's been who's played well at times this year, but he's, he's really the third option in that receiving game when all of a sudden you're asking that guy to be your number one receiver. And, you know, don't forget, they're going against the Jets secondary with sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, two of the best corners in the NFL. I mean, this is, this is one of the best passing defenses in the NFL. And then you throw, yeah, you don't have your two best receivers. It was kind of a recipe for disaster for the Texans. Um, I wouldn't, 
I mean, take Dell. We know obviously he's out for the year. Uh, Nico Collins, I guess we're not sure. It was a calf calf injury. Yeah, he's not supposed to play this week for sure. This okay, so, and Stroud will be back, right? Do we know Stroud that? For sure? or he's, he's he's in he's concussion protocol. Also supposed to miss this week. So yeah, there's also a good chance he misses this week. Really tough for the Texans. Not not coming at a good time when you know when they're in the thick of things, trying to get into the wild card in the AFC. I wouldn't count him out yet, but it, yeah, it certainly doesn't help their chances here down the stretch. <clears throat> Yeah, I feel bad for Jets fans because finally you see some really good quarterback play and you can see how good the Jets team like can actually play with uh, Zach Wilson balling out uh, in the second half at least. And you got to think that maybe Aaron Rodgers could have could have done that a little bit more consistently than Tim Boyle and Zach Wilson. It's it's just combined. frustrating. It's frustrating because you're like, where has this been all year? You know, exactly. I mean, I feel, I feel like he we saw him play well against the Chiefs in that game that they lost. That was really close. And then this is pretty much I think there was maybe one other game in there where he played decent. Yeah. It's like, why? Played good know, against why the Bills. Yeah. Yeah. Week one. Yeah. No, but the, like, Eagles, when they beat the Eagles. Who played the, the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was more about their defense, though. But yeah, it is frustrating because it's like, where has this been? Maybe, you know, that's three years. I guess maybe sitting on sitting on the bench was uh, maybe good for him. Kind of get his mind right. Just sort of playing, playing loose. But I, th- I think for the Jets, it is, you know, it's just too little, too late. That, that put him at what? Five and eight? Five and eight. Five yeah. And eight. Yeah, I mean, they'd have to go. Any any team right now that's five and eight is going to have to go on a ridiculous run and get a lot of help to make the playoffs. So Yeah, I didn't really think – so it was definitely one of Wilson's, like, best games. But I didn't really still think he played that well. I mean, he was late on a lot of his throws to Garrett Wilson, uh, but they ended up being complete because of how open Wilson was. And then the checks downs to Brees Hall were just – Brees Hall played an, an amazing game, and that really yeah. helped Wilson look better. And, I mean, Wilson had some nice, like, athletic throws. Like, there's a couple where he's rolling right and he makes a great – throw left but it's just like it's not consistent like he played like a better Mitchell Trubisky to me when I watched these two games they played very very similar style of games yeah the Texans do still have a possibility to make the playoffs but definitely not looking good for them with Stroud out the next two games but we'll get into the the playoff race a little bit more later uh, right now we're going to move on to Rams Ravens this was an amazing game overtime victory for the Ravens but I'm gonna start out with the Rams I mean if you want to talk about a team that nobody wants to play in the playoffs and that NFC side low seed you talk about the Rams it was an ugly lo- their only ugly loss of the year was to the Packers when they were playing with Brett Rippon now that they have Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua pretty much at full strength um, they took the Super Bowl favorites possibly one of the Super Bowl favorites Definitely Super Bowl contender to overtime. And, I mean, the running attack is really, really good. Kyron Williams didn't have any, like, big explosive runs. His longest one was, like, 15 yards, but he still averaged four and a half yards per carry on, like, and had, like, 120 yards. Yeah, no, I mean, this is this was the reason that I picked the Rams going into this game. I thought, you know, they were, they were playing so well right now. And, yeah, it's this offense. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. Stafford is sharp. And, I mean, yeah, this – I mean, this was a coin flip game. I mean, it, it went down to the wire and, and – Ravens ended up winning on a punt return in overtime. But, I mean, just great, great football on both sides. Both sides of the field. I mean, unless you like defense, maybe, yeah, the defense wasn't so good. But, I mean, yeah, you got, you know, Stafford's great passes, hitting Cop in the end zone, hitting Nakua down the field. Lamar Jackson was throwing the ball all over the place. I mean, the the touchdown to... Odell Beckham Jr. looked kind of weird, but apparently Beckham he ran the wrong route on it, which is why it ended up yeah. looking like it ended up looking like such a bad throw. But I mean, yeah, really exciting, really exciting game um, from yeah two teams that are really good. Ravens obviously going to be in the playoffs, and yeah, watching the Rams, I hope I hope that they get in because yeah, they're they're definitely a team that nobody wants to see um, in the NFC because they're playing. They have 
have that like that boom potential that yeah if if all of their guys are hitting and they go off and the off you know everything's going right they could beat anybody i mean yeah i could i could see them upsetting the 49ers for sure yeah. because they have they just have the guys to do it like when you have a great quarterback like that it just makes it you just have a chance in every game and and everybody else is playing well around Stafford right now so the Rams definitely definitely not out of it right now yeah the out of all the wild card teams uh other than like the Eagles or the Cowboys in the NFC I think the Rams look the best uh who else is in there you'd say the Seahawks the, the Seahawks Vikings and the Packers. the Packers Seahawks Packers I'd say Vikings. the Rams are definitely the most but the ones that like might make it like the ones that are right on the edge it's like Rams, Packers, and um, somebody else. Vikings. Vikings. Rams, Vikings. Packers, Vikings. Which, yeah, after yeah, this, week, the, after this sorry, week, the I, Vi- the Vikings are like the Steelers in that please do not put the Vikings in the playoffs. Right. Nobody so wants true. to see that. Yeah, as for the Ravens, I mean, it was nice to have a couple of long touchdowns. Lamar ran really well like he usually does. But I still think that – I think that they're, you know, clearly one of the top four favorites for the Super Bowl. But I think they need somebody to be better over the middle. They need to – they still haven't found that guy. Replace kind of Mark Andrews as that safety blanket. But if they can find that, then I think that they might be the Super Bowl favorite. Which I don't yeah, think the – like I remember you entered, you know, said a few weeks ago that yeah, Isaiah likely needs to be that guy. The problem is that I just don't think like that's not what Isaiah likely's strengths are. Like likely is such an athletic tight end. I mean, he's basically just like a big receiver. And you know, so yeah, the the I think he had a, he had a touchdown in this game on a wheel route. Yeah. But like that's where he's most comfortable is like on the outside running free. He's not yeah, he's not like that possession you know safety blanket or safety valve tight end in the middle of the field the way that Mark Andrews is. So, you know, I don't know if I don't know if he can be that guy. Honestly, I feel like. Odo Beckham Jr. is probably their best possession receiver as far as a guy with sure hands that that can make tough contested catches. And he's played really well. I mean, he's he's been a bigger part of this offense than I think any of us thought he was going to be. You know, I think we all kind of assumed that like he'd have maybe a couple of nice plays here or there this season, but he wasn't really going to be that much of a factor. Um, the way that he's been able to bounce back from the you know major knee injuries that he has at the age that he is is really impressive. And I mean, bottom line, the Ravens find a way to win this game, right? I mean, you're in a tough game with a good opponent and going back and forth. Yeah, it's it's you know good teams find a way to win, right? And so yeah, you went on a punt return a special teams play ravens have always been known for having good special teams that's you know when you see like other teams like the dolphins this week who find you know find ways to lose games yeah right now you want who are the teams that are finding ways to win games even when things you know you know yeah you're not just blowing somebody out you got, i mean you're gonna have to win close games yeah moving on to colts bangles uh, Minshew did not have a good game but he didn't have he wasn't the reason that they i mean he was kind of the reason that they lost obviously you know you play a bad game but they had no rushing attack at all like Minshew had zero help whatsoever and it was just i mean against what a Bengals team that's really really struggled against the run up until this point of the year i mean it's not what you want to see out of a colts team that's on that borderline of the playoffs as for the band yeah, and I, I was gonna say obviously the colts are missing jonathan taylor which doesn't help things but zach moss isn't a bad running back by any means so you'd hope that they could get something going on the ground especially against the Bengals. it's pretty concerning yeah, as for the Bengals, as for the Bengals, jake browning is turning into that guy the unfortunate thing for them is that they're in that mix of like seven and eight teams um and their schedule is not the easiest but jake browning i mean he has really really turned it on like this is the kind of backup quarterback that the jets have been looking for for the last so many years and it's just i mean jake browning's that guy he's he's playing so well yeah he's he's playing at a, at a really high level 
level for a backup or for, you know, by any means, by any standard. I mean, he like, that's the thing. He doesn't look like a backup right now. He's playing like he's a starter. And if he, like I said last week, if he keeps this up through the rest of the season, somebody, there are a number of quarterback needy teams out there who are going to take a chance on him, especially like if a team doesn't have a high draft pick and doesn't feel like they can get one of the top quarterbacks in this class, you know, a team that maybe finishes like middle of the pack, like, Falcons. I don't know, the, the, Falcons. the Falcons. Yeah, somebody, somebody like, somebody like that who's not going to have, you know, maybe a top eight pick to get one of these best guys. Um, and if you feel like the rest of your roster is close, like, yeah, take a, take a shot on Jake Browning. I mean, you're not going to have to pay him insane money, but you could probably get him for, you know, I don't know, somewhere like 10, 15 million a year. Like I said, and yeah, if he plays, if he continues to play this well, somebody will give him a shot because he's he's opening a lot of eyes right now for sure do you guys know what his contract situation is like with cincinnati is like, yeah is he up um i mean I, last year it's hard yeah i don't i'm not sure if he's under contract after the season or not let me have uh let me have my guy look that up he's on a, he's on a one-year contract for only seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. so he's so his contract wow. is up at, his yeah. contract's up at the end of the year mm-hmm. yes it is and yeah, somebody, yeah. another somebody, team less than a million dollars right now That's somebody will pay him a lot more than that 20 yes 100 percent Ex- experts are saying he might get 20 a year right now tentatively we'll see. <laughs> experts my my inside source <laughs> <laughs> inside source football inside source to y'all's outside source <laughs> uh moving on to bucks falcons i mean these nfc south teams all just being six and seven it's just so horrible to watch that one of these teams is going to make the playoffs and going to get absolutely blown out by either the eagles or the cowboys <laughs> when playing NF- non-nfc south teams the division record is 11 and 25 for four when nfc south teams when when NFC South teams play out of division teams, they're eleven and twenty-five. That's wow. horrible. Yeah. That's just horrible. A lot of those are the Panthers, though, to be fair. Yeah. Or a very bad team right now. Well, it's yeah, it's just it's bad. There's there's bad football in the South right now. Bad quarterback play. I mean, see, so yeah, we we had both of these games. We we had Bucks, Bucks, Falcons, and also Saints Panthers. I I saw more of the Saints Panthers games. I mean, yeah, if you guys have more to say about Bucks Falcons, go at it. But I uh, just Baker. I like Baker, but he's not that elite quarterback where he can make up for how horrible their defense is. It's just I don't know. Like, there's some talent on that defense. Like, it's not like the worst defense in the NFL, but it's just playing really, really, really bad. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see what Baker Mayfield's future is for that team or in the NFL in general. I guess we'll find out at some point, but I think he's not the problem. In no, yeah, I don't know. For some, I, I get the feeling that at the end of it, the Bucks are going to be the team that makes it. I don't know why that is, but I, I, I think try- so too. I trust the Bucks. I mean, I don't trust any of them. But if I had to pick one of them, it would it probably would probably be Tampa Bay. The the Saints just hurt themselves, shoot themselves in the foot so much. I don't know. I don't know if they can do it. I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I was I thought for the longest time it would be the Bucks, and then the last like three weeks, I convinced myself that it was not going to be the Bucks based on you know watching them, and then they won this week against the Falcons. So I'm just confused. We'll see. <laughs> like, like like we've said before, it's it's a race to the bottom in the NFC South. How it would be crazy if somebody, whoever wins that division, goes on a run or like just wins their first beats, playoff game, beats the Eagles, the Cowboys. That'd be crazy. That, that would be shocking. Like the Seahawks did against the Saints, uh, beast mode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Moving on to uh, Jags Browns though, a rough game here for we, Lawrence. Here we go. Coming we off go. the injury against a great Browns defense. He threw three touchdowns, yeah, but he had three picks, and they didn't run the ball well at all to help him out. Uh, the good news is is that 
even though he didn't quite look 100%, coming off of that ankle injury, he looked really good. I mean, he was barely limping at all, uh, and he could be 100% come playoff time, which could be really huge for this this Jags team. My my uh, biggest issue with the Jaguars, sorry, Joe, um, is especially their offense. Yeah, the, the turnovers were bad, but I can't figure out why Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley have yet to get on the same page. He's got to have – I mean, he I think he had 13 targets in this game for maybe three or four catches. I mean, he's just – it's like – it's so and yeah one of the interceptions was a miscommunication between him and Ridley again we're like Ridley's running this in breaking route and doesn't even look for the ball and Lawrence throws it like right on the break expecting him to sit down and Calvin Ridley is not even looking for the ball he's just like running away from it and the defensive back just stops and intercepts it so I, I can't figure out why Ridley who's such a talented receiver and Lawrence who's such a good quarterback um, why those two can't seem to get on the same page I mean like early on in the season okay it made sense they haven't you know haven't played much together but we're in you you know week 14 now like why why is this still going on right it's good to see trevor lawrence back because that injury looked pretty nasty uh versus the Bengals. it's good to see him back uh but joe flacco is now the the leader in the mvp race in my book not an overreaction <laughs> that is exactly how i feel he's the greatest quarterback in the league right now no i'll joke aside though he might take the pick the Browns on a playoff run maybe win a game or two It'd be awesome I I 100 100% expect him to take them to the playoffs he looks lights out and one of my big big takeaways from this game and, and just like watching Joe Flacco in general play as well as he has the past two weeks is that it confirms Tom Brady's take from a few weeks back that there's a lot of mediocrity in the NFL right now and like especially at the quarterback position it doesn't seem like quarterback position is being played at a as a at as high of a level as it was a few years back and so so yeah, like here, like here's your proof. Like Joe Flacco can just come off the couch, a guy who was always a good quarterback in his career, always you know kind of in that whatever tier. I mean, that, like that's the joke. Like that's why people say he's elite because like people can never really decide how they felt about Joe Flacco. And all of a sudden, yeah, at 38, he's coming off the street, having not been on a team all year, and is just balling out and and looks great. So I don't know. I, th- I think yeah, it gives uh it gives some credit to what Brady's saying about the way football and and especially the way quarterbacks are playing right now. Yeah, the Browns played a really really good defensive game uh i thought the offense only like played okay i mean flacco was solid but they were still four for 18 on third down and they only had 16 total first downs uh, they did go three for three on fourth down which you know that's very important getting the ball moving on fourth down something the lions couldn't do this week but like Flacco is doing for the Browns what the other team, what the other quarterbacks for the Browns, what the what the Browns wanted the other quarterbacks to do. He's just not losing them games. He's making a couple nice throws, maybe a few mistakes here and there, but he's not just constantly turning the ball over, constantly giving the other team's offense in a great position. Um, this Browns team definitely has the potential to upset a great team. I still don't quite see them as a Super Bowl team, and I know that maybe I'm being a little bit mean because I know that Joe Flacco is the league MVP according okay, to Joe. Well, I mean, hold up, let's 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 think about. This this let's 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 break that down a little bit let's look at the afc so they just beat the jags the jags are going to be in the playoffs they just showed that they can beat them the chiefs are vulnerable right now they lose to the bills this week this with this browns defense you would have a chance against kansas city the ravens that's a divisional opponent divisional opponents are always that's i mean those games are always close in the afc north i mean who else the dolphins who just lost uh, to yeah. Tennessee? Yeah, they can beat no, anybody. The they, they can they can beat anybody in the AFC. 
for sure. The thing that's going to hurt them is that, and I was shocked when I saw this this week. I didn't realize it was this, the stats were this off. Um, the Browns defense is like historically good at home. When they go on the road, they're kind of more of an average defense. Like that's those, those are the games where like the Browns have given up a lot of points and we're like, what the heck? I thought this Browns defense was good. But when they're playing at home in Cleveland, the Browns defense is great. Like steel curtain, see, yeah, Steelers in the 70s kind of great. And the thing is, they probably won't have a home playoff or yeah, they probably won't have a home playoff game because they'll be they'll have to be a wild card team because the Ravens yeah. are going to win the division. So that's going to hurt them, but still a super interesting team in the AFC, I think. I, I like them a lot right now. Yeah. Also, just one final note on Browns. Um, Joe Flacco is only one touchdown away from Kenny Pickett's season total. <laughs> Moving on, though, to awesome Lions-Bears. Oh, boy. I just can't watch this team anymore. I mean, we should have had Chase Young, should have drafted Kayvon Thibodeau, but we settled for, you know, whatever we had, and it's just no pass rush, can't stop a rushing quarterback. One for five on fourth down, three turnovers. The most impressive thing I saw out of Jared Goff all game was on fourth and ten when he threw a pick instead of throwing it away. Because I've seen him throw <laughs> that ball. I've seen him throw that ball away many times before. Yeah, uh, my disappointment is immeasurable, and my day is ruined. I, the the Lions just just break my heart. Joe, Joe, you time. got you got you got to witness this one up close, didn't you? I did. I yay! I spent a lot of money this, to go to this game. This man in was Chicago at Soldier so Field. So much fun. But to but to uh, Evan's point, it was very funny when he threw that pick because I was actually like cheering that he threw the pick on fourth down and all the bears fans were going crazy and i'm, I'm like this is the i mean that's the best case scenario and they get, he, <laughs> they got called for a block in the back i'm like this is awesome i mean it was just a punt it's a punt where you had a chance to get a first down so <laughs> i was not mad about that part um kind of what sums up this game for me is fourth and 13 i believe the bears have the ball uh, on the lines like 45 ish Oh, they're gosh. they're gonna punt the ball. They're not gonna go for it. It's a tie they're, game. They're they're literally um, just trying to draw our, them offside. Oh yeah, they're was... just trying to draw them offside. Everybody in the stadium knows this. I'm I, my girlfriend is with me at the game. I'm like, oh, they're not gonna snap this. They're just gonna let it go down to a timeout or have a delay a game. And she didn't understand like what that meant, but that's not important. But I'm like <laughs> watching this, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, they're just gonna try to draw them offside. It's fourth and thirteen. It's a tie game. If you give the Lions this great field position, I mean, there's a chance they score. And then Aiden Hutchinson jumps offside. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Just gave him five yards and then i watched jerry jacobs the worst starting cornerback in the nfl get just torched by dj moore for a touchdown and the stadium is erupting and i'm just sitting there in shock and horror uh, i mean it was the least disciplined play ever everybody in that stadium knew they weren't going to snap the ball except i guess aiden hutchinson well, and was, they it, makes millions of millions of dollars it was it was so obvious because you could see everybody on offense was looking at the line of scrimmage they were all just staring at the ball to see like okay should i move if the lions move it was i mean yeah like like dj moore is saying that he's just looking just watching watching and as soon as they see hutch jump everyone's like holy crap he just jumped like we're gonna get a free play yep and I, you, you want to know just... the worst part about that the worst part about that is is do you see what hutch does after no i don't remember did he does like... hutch does hutch rush the quarterback no he, he drops back in coverage oh. he drops back in coverage oh my he wasn't even rushing on the play he wasn't even rushing he like takes a step forward and then drops back to qb spot he why took, why he, are you he I mean, took it's the bluff just, it's too far. Oh, no. Oh, oh I didn't gosh. know that. It was, it was ridiculous. Oh, it was so God. hard to watch. Oh, yeah. geez. There's a reason why. Well, I'm going to look it up to make sure I'm not. To, oh, my gosh. I, I can't. I'm, I I'm so heated right now. In fantasy this week. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then, you know, since we're not on the since we're not on the radio this week, I can talk about this. I had an eight-leg Lions parlay. <laughs> the only two legs that hit were DJ Moore over receiving yards and Justin Fields over rushing yards. 
Because <laughs> of because co- of course it did. Because of course the Lions can't stop rushing quarterback. Russell Wilson rushing for like forty yards this week. Oh yeah, saying it right now. Put your life savings on the over. I mean, we can't stop them. It's horrible. It's so upsetting. Anyway, I'm done. Go, go on. Talk about whatever you want with the Bears. I, I, I will, okay, so the only, only thing I have to say about the Bears is it's it's going to be interesting um, how they go in the draft. Because like, if Justin Fields plays well enough down the stretch, will they stick with him? Or if, you know, if, yeah, they, like, lose out, I think obviously they're going to be drafting quarterback with, with the number one pick. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. As a, as a lot, I mean, as guys who's, who've watched him more, what do you think? Do you think that the Bears should stick with fields or, or do you think that they should move on and, and any game that he wins right now is just kind of fluky i think well i think, I think move on i think if yeah, you're gonna, i think it looks like uh, go ahead go ahead Adam. i think pretty soon you're gonna have to give him a contract so first of all he's not gonna be on a rookie contract anymore anyways so you're gonna be probably overpaying him for whatever he's actually worth and i think that without a team like he's one of those guys that you're not gonna you're gonna win some games with because of how great he is and then you're gonna lose a lot of games because of his stupid mistakes and it's just like in a league that's so competitive as competitive as the nfl is you can't risk that if you want to win the super bowl i think you you have to take a quarterback and you say yeah how great he is well what you mean is like how talented he is yeah like like his athleticism the the potential for yeah like these wild off schedule plays that he can make but that's just not like it's not a consistent way it's not what he does to win games in the nfl like you you just you can't hang your hat on that like you're not gonna go 10 wins with with that and make the playoffs like it's yeah uh one thing that the bears could consider though is trading down uh maybe the value is there a lot of people might be trading a ton of draft capital to trade up and i don't think justin fields is that bad by any means um and you could definitely deal with them but also at the same time if you're at that spot you're gonna have to justify not drafting caleb williams uh to your fan base if he ends up being the superstar that some people think he's gonna be and you can still trade away justin fields and get something for him uh he still has a year left on his contract with a fifth year option so i mean i don't know maybe the falcons would take him or the steelers or something like that yeah it's like you said i think yeah the biggest thing is whatever you do there's there's going to be some ramifications for because yeah if if you decide to keep fields and he struggles and yeah one of the guys that you know maybe if you trade it out of the first pick and and yeah say Caleb Williams goes first and then Williams is all everything as a rookie that's that's not gonna Bears fans are not gonna be happy about that so right whatever whatever they do uh, you better hope you do the right thing yeah up next we're gonna go Vikings Raiders an absolutely historic game out between two solid above average NFL defenses Um, this was a game but the Raiders remain in the in the hunt graphic for now the Raiders no I don't I think they I think this put them out of the hunt no I mean not Matt Matt. They're not mathematically out of it, but they're pretty. They're trust me. After watching this game, they're out of the hunt. This is the defense. Yeah, looks you know looked really good. Of course, that's playing against Josh Dobbs, and then they made Dobbs look so bad that he was benched for Nick Mullins, and then Nick Mullins led one field goal drive, and lo and behold, that's all you needed in this game was one field goal drive to pull it off. Who would have thought? I know we were making we were making jokes like I said last week that it was going to be Patriot Steelers the three to zero game. Uh, little did we know. Uh, yeah, the the Raiders at uh, this offense. Yeah. There's there's just kind of problems all around, it, and it starts starts with the coaching, the play the play calling. You know, I, I don't know how good it is. I mean, they they have their work cut out for them, right? I mean, you you look at it, you you got rid of the head coach and the offensive coordinator in season, and so this whole offense that yeah, you spent all of training camp in the first eight weeks of the year installing and putting in, and so now you're having to like play out the rest of the year with the same offense. Like it's not you can't just scrap the offense and put in a whole new offense. So you're trying to make it work. You got a rookie quarterback. 
you got an interim head coach, you got a yeah, offensive play caller who the highest he'd been in, highest position he'd been in as quarterback coach. So it, it I mean, it looks bad. And, you know, in, in other games, they've gotten off to fast starts. In this game, they just, they couldn't get really anything going. I mean, they moved the ball a few times in the red zone and then, you know, holding penalties, turnovers brought them back. So it's, uh, it's, it's looking more and more like, yeah, the Raiders are definitely going to have to invest in a quarterback uh, this offseason in, in the draft. Um, like, you know, like I said, O'Connell, O'Connell has looked good at times he's done some things well he's just really kind of limited um for for a young quarterback he can't can't move around I mean I mean like honestly when I watch him I think like this guy's ceiling is Jared Goff like that's if Aiden O'Connell like maxed out his potential he could be Jared Goff because I mean yeah there's limited athleticism nice arm uh he's shown the ability to read the field but I mean he's a fourth round rookie quarterback so as for the Vikings defense is really solid um but their offense is horrible I mean with Josh Dobbs and Justin Jefferson unfortunately got hurt again so now he looks like he might be out for a while uh with a chest injury and i mean yeah when when you're going to nick mullins for a spark that's not a good sign for your offense so as good as their defense is i i don't think the vikings are i don't think they're going to make the wild card in the nfc yeah the cowboys and eagles cowboys are now undeniably in the super bowl conversation they finally beat a good team they played a great game I mean, they absolutely dominate dominated them uh but going to the eagles remember in week nine when everybody started panicking about the 49ers because they lost three straight i feel like that's where the eagles are at right Right now like you're playing pretty bad football but i think that you're still not as i think the 49ers are the better team i've always thought the 49ers were the better team but i think that the eagles are just you know they're playing bad games like this is not who the eagles are the eagles are still a super bowl candidate pretty easily for me yeah i'm not i'm not yeah i'm not as i'm more worried than i was about the 49ers because the 49ers it was more about just getting some guys healthy with the eagles um especially in this cowboys game it was it was the self-inflicted stuff the jalen hurts fumble uh aj brown fumbled I mean, their three best players on offense fumbled. Devontae Smith fumbled too. And so it was like any time they got something going in this game, they couldn't capitalize on it, you know? And and they forced, you know, the Cowboys offense moved the ball really well. They forced him into some field goals, some great field goals. Brandon Arbery had a historic day, historic day kicking the football. But yeah, the Eagles, you know, when the Jalen Carter play happened and, and he returned that for a touchdown, I thought like that was the moment that they were going to turn it around and kind of make it a competitive game. And they still just, they just couldn't get anything going offensively once once they got close to the red zone. It was like every time they got close to the red zone, there was either a turnover or a sack or a penalty or something to push them out of it. So it's it's definitely something, yeah, I think, you know, they can overcome. Like this team is still really talented. The defense is not as good as it was last year. That That is probably my biggest concern with the Eagles is that the defense that they could fall back on more so last year, this defense, especially in the secondary, is not as good. It's it's not the same defense. They're still really good up front, but but the back four not, not playing as well as they were a year ago. So, I mean, yeah, they're, they're certainly not, they're still in it for sure uh, on their best day. They could beat anyone, but yeah, now lo- losing to the Cowboys and the 49ers back to back, it's tough because like I said last week, those are the teams that you're going to have to beat if you're going to make it out of the NFC. Yeah. I still think that their defense is really, really, really talented. I think that it's just not schemed as well as like you're missing out of everybody on the defense that you had last year. Jonathan Gannon is the guy that you want back scheme. wise, I think that talent wise, they have a top five defense. Obviously the secondary is not as good as it was last year, but that defense line might be even better than it was last year and i just think that the back end it's not schemed well it's not it's they're like not covering well it's not just a talent thing because there's nobody even in the area to make a play yeah as for Dak, i think Dak is in the mvp conversation for sure now uh he's playing the most important position in football in my opinion better than anybody else in the league and i'm no Dak guy like i don't really not a huge Dak fan but 
better than anybody else in the league and better than he ever really has in his career. I mean, his receiving core is, is good. They're playing well for him. His offensive line is playing really, really good, but they have not had a great run game all year. Tony Powers really struggled between the tackles, so it's not like everything is going well for him. He's still having to make plays on his own, and the offense around him isn't perfect. <clears throat> Yeah, in my opinion, I think that if the Cowboys end up winning the NFC East, Dak is the is the favorite for sure and deserves to win it. I used to be a Dak hater, especially like this previous offseason. You see he's getting into it with his players. He's ma- he's missing uh, a bunch of throws in practice and all that. And I'm just like, oh, Dak's not all that great. I mean, he's playing really well. And uh, that's a big reason why they're on such a such a hot streak right now and have a have a legitimate chance to win the NFC East. Yeah, I, it's, it's interesting because this is one that I didn't think was going to work when the Cowboys brought in Mike McCarthy because Mike McCarthy yeah, was was coming off his last few years with the Packers which were not very good like at, at the end of that I don't nobody was nobody wanted Mike McCarthy after those last few years with the Packers and I you know he took some time off and, and I guess maybe the time off was good for him and Kellen Moore is no longer there so you know I think McCarthy it's it's really his offense and I just did not think that that pair would bring the best out of each other Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy and to the Cowboys' delight, it's working great. I mean, this this West Coast scheme, and, and I'll, I'll give Chris Collinsworth some credit for it because he talked about it at length during the game, talking about like how much more comfortable Dak Prescott is now in this, you know, the, this like heavily timing oriented scheme where it's all about his footwork and getting you know to the top of his drop and knowing that okay it's like one two either yeah throw the get the ball out or move off to the spot and and, and try to create um but yeah it's, it's making he's playing efficient he gets the ball out quick he's got playmakers all around him and and like I said I'll give Mike McCarthy credit for you know kind of revitalizing himself and showing that yeah he can still be a really really effective coach in the NFL with this Cowboys team because yeah this offense you know, I think it's in the past or since week eight or something, they're averaging like 40 points a game. Just incredible. So they're I mean, yeah, they're they're I would say right now I'd put them at number two. I'd put I'd put the Cowboys behind the 49ers as, as the second best team in the NFL. Yeah. And going to Kellen Moore, obviously, everybody thought Kellen Moore was, you know, the innovator. We thought that he was that guy. And it kind of turns out that it he was more or less looks like the problem because I mean, maybe, maybe. You, move over to, you move him over to L.A. and Herbert's not even playing good as, as good as he was last year when their offensive scheme was just straight hitches like every play last year. And now, you know, Kellen Moore moves out and Dak's playing at an MVP level. So fire Brandon Staley and fire Kellen Moore, maybe. There's always more to it than, yeah. But yeah, it's the, the pairing has worked. Yeah, they, they found the right formula in Dallas for sure. Moving on to Packers-Giants. Uh, so Giants, really, really good scheme against the Packers. Uh, when you block pick six, like the Packers have done for Jordan Love, in order to stop the pass rush, the Giants blitzed on 60% of plays. That's So that's how you beat – that's how you stop Jordan Love. You, you blitz, and they're blockers. Crazy. Up the same as year, as Crazy you get a pass rush on them. Yeah, as you get a pass rush on them. Danny DeVito, though, entering the GOAT It's Tommy. Tommy DeVito. You can't say Danny. It's not Danny. Tommy DeVito. How many times are you going to say Danny DeVito? <laughs> Tommy DeVito entering the GOAT conversation. Ago. 81% completion, led the game-winning drive, had a 71 rushing yards on 10 carries. Alrighty, who saw his agent? Did I see his agent? He looks exactly like Have you seen that agent. picture? Yes. Okay. I mean, here's, you, you want to know I what mean, I think? He's you got know, mob ties. You, know, you want to know what I think about the agent? That was 100% planned. That was so yeah, planned. Like, so? hey, you need to, you know, because he's, I mean, he's dressed like he's, you know, Rocky's loan shark or something. He's got the black hat, the <laughs> turtleneck. He's like a 1940s gangster. And the, le- and the leather jacket. I mean, all, all he needed was like a little <laughs> toothpick in his mouth. That seemed that that seemed like it was planned to me for sure. Like, 
<laughs> I don't even I don't even know if Tommy DeVito had an agent before last night, but he found, you know, one of his boys was like, hey, yeah, you're my agent now. Um, and you're going to dress up on Monday Night Football and we're going to set the Internet on fire, which is kind of a costume, but, got a costume at Party City. Exactly. <laughs> Mobster number one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no. OK, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I was super impressed with the way that DeVito played at the end of this game, because, yeah, like I said, as, as we've criticized quarterback play a lot this year on the average it seems like it hasn't been that good in the nfl and last night i saw two you know will levis also and we'll get to that game but you saw two young quarterback on underdog teams in in, in games that they were not supposed to win have things happen to them late that like should have 100 percent into the game like the saquon barkley fumble followed by the packers touchdown that should have been it that game should have been over the giants were dead in the water and DeVito shows a ton of poise as a young quarterback. You know, he didn't put up crazy numbers or anything. He only, only threw for like 153 yards. The rushing was nice. The fact that, you know, that's a part of his game and he can run is really big. But he yeah, gets him down a lot the of field. His a lot. Yeah, he gets him, gets, him, gets him down the field, gets him into field goal range, and wins the game. Like, and that was, with, with watching the Raiders, what's upsetting is O'Connell has, has had opportunities to do that in games and hasn't been able to capitalize. He's, he's thrown some interceptions and, and games have ended and the Raiders have lost. So to see a young quarterback, a guy who was drafted late, a rookie, or was DeVito even drafted? Undrafted free agent. Undrafted free agent. An undrafted free agent to go down the field and, and get a field goal and win the game, that's, you know, all jokes aside, super impressive, and, and I give him a ton of credit for that. Yeah. Also, huge shout out to Kayvon Thibodeau. He's been playing great this year, really flew under the radar. He had injury last season, but I really, really liked him coming out of the draft. And uh, he's finally started to put up some numbers, show how talented he really is. But moving on to Titans-Dolphins, another great game. I think that, uh, out of all things, this shows that Tyreek Hill, if Dak doesn't win the MVP, Tyreek Hill should. Because, I mean, wow. you missed Tyreek Hill for half the game, and this offense just isn't that good. Yeah, okay, that's that's true. I, I, I agree with you there. It shows how valuable Tyreek Hill is. But this game, it was like, I mean, what the hell, Dolphins? I mean, with five minutes left, how do you lose this game? They get the they get the muff punt followed by a touchdown, and then the Titans turn the ball over again, and they get another. I mean, they were up twenty seven to thirteen with four minutes left. But three and minutes left. Three minutes left. There That's pretty no, crazy. There was no excuse for them to lose this game. And like I was just saying about Devito, I give I'll give the credit to Will Levis and the Dolphins. I didn't like the way that they played it on defense late. They just like they were content to play that prevent, and and the Titans exposed it. They go right down the field, get a quick touchdown. They save all three of their timeouts force a three and out stop the clock every time get the ball back and then the titans scored another touchdown with like a minute and 40 left there were there was there was time yeah. left and they had already taken the lead and they you know after the first touchdown they got the two-point conversion as well so it's just like perfect perfect game management from from Vrabel and and from the titans offense and will levis um they played it beautifully there at the end and then which in the way the game ended on the fourth and two would two get sacked it's kind of a problem all day you know, two was hanging on, was holding on the ball longer than he usually has. The Dolphins O-line got exposed for maybe, you know, not being as good because I feel like the numbers on them are good because they throw the ball so quick. You know, they don't have to protect for very long. All of a sudden, they they had to protect for longer, and Tua was under pressure for a lot of this game. I mean, yeah, it seemed it seemed like he was he got sacked quite a bit, and and yeah, that's how it ended. So. Really concerning if you're a Dolphins fan. This just felt like a game that you couldn't lose. And and yeah, I think, you know, a big part of it was definitely through the middle of the game, not having Tyree kill on that offense. You see, yeah, what a big, a big part of it. The biggest part. He's the biggest, he's the most important part of that offense is for sure. Definitely. And with the Bills winning, 
Uh, it's totally possible that the Bills uh, could win the AFC East still. Uh, they're on such yeah. a hot streak right now. They've already it's beaten the Dolphins, possible. and they play them again. So we didn't even talk about that game, but the Bills Chiefs. Oh, my but... gosh. Yeah, how have we talked not talked about that game? Are we, That's, are we oh, getting to it. Up? All right, well, let's, go, let's go ahead and introduce it. Let's get into it. All right, well, well Josh Bills, Allen, he's back. just an amazing game. Josh Allen is so back. Awesome. So I saw a stat today that um Josh Allen actually, although he leads the league interceptions, he also has the – Second most, like, he's 17 more touchdowns than he does interceptions, which is the second highest, only behind Dak Prescott. So it's like, yeah, he's leading the league in interception, but he's also making these Wait, He has 17 more touchdowns than interceptions? He does interceptions, yes. He, like, also, he has, like, he also 10 rushing, rushing touchdowns. touchdowns, right? Yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. counting total, total touchdowns. Yes, total touchdowns, not just yes. passing. Yeah, and but I mean, like... He is sense. the rushing attack. Yeah. James Cook is is fine. He has some, you know, good plays, but Josh Allen is the best rusher on their team by far. Definitely. Um, definitely. <laughs> the Kadarius Tony play oh, is winning. Patrick Mahomes was so upset at that when it was the right call. And there yeah, have been and- games where it's been the wrong call against his team, and it's like nobody else has, has this kind of reaction. It's just you can't. Here's, you can't. Here's, so what's your Chiefs like record? Eight and five, right? And they five. play. Really they should be ten and three. They play really Kadarius Tony. for the rest of the season. Without Kadarius Tony, they should be ten and three. Kadarius Tony's lost them two games. This one and the Lions game. Yeah, like straight okay. up. And I agree with that. And honestly, see, so yeah, here, here's what I think of all this. All of his anger and frustration, him and Andy Reid, that they were taking out on the referees, I think it's really a culmination of frustration about their team all year because they're sitting here whining about a penalty that was obviously a penalty he was lined up offsides and like Patrick Mahomes can say oh I've never seen that called that's not true it's it gets called I've seen it called in Raider games this year where a a wide receiver lines up past the line of scrimmage and they get called for a flag there's no warrant there's not a warning um I'm not saying that you know referees never warn guys I'm sure they do but that's not like a guarantee it's not like a rule that you have to warn a guy before you throw a flag and and so for them to get all mad and be like oh you negated you know this Hall of Fame play and getting so dramatic about it. The flag was thrown at the line of scrimmage. The ref didn't know what was going to happen the rest of the play. He threw the flag at the line of scrimmage because it was a penalty. That's it. That's the rules. That's how you're supposed to officiate games. And the reason that, yeah, Mahomes and Reed are so mad is because they want to be, they have to be mad at somebody, right? But really what they're mad about is the fact that they're eight and five. The Chiefs aren't used to being in this position where they're losing games late in, se- late in the season. And it's actually close. I mean, the Chiefs are typically a two loss team right now and are running away with the number one seed in the AFC. That's that's what they're used to in the Patrick Mahomes era. The fact that, yeah, they're further down in, in the playoff race, they're obviously they're going to make the playoffs. They're probably going to win the AFC West. Um, but the fact that, yeah, they may not be the number one seed and their offense is not as good as it's been. They don't have a number one receiver. And, and yeah, they keep making these, you know, stupid mistakes. That's where the frustration I feel like comes from. And so, and, you know, they can take, they can take it out on the refs, but at the end of the day, I don't, I don't think that that's what it's really about. I feel like they're, they're frustrated that they're not, you know, it's not as easy for them as it's been in the past. Yeah, definitely. Like you look at this chiefs team and it's not the same. It's like, I saw I saw a couple of things that was like really they're they're upset at Kadarius Tony, but you can't they're doing everything not to blame on Kadarius Tony. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's like you can't look at this Chiefs team and think of it in the same way that you have. Rashid Rice has kind of come along. He's been pretty good as a number one receiver, but it's like it's it hasn't been enough. They scored 17 points this game against the Bills. I mean, yeah. you look at the Chiefs like in the last couple of years, it was like games under 21 points. It's like one, three, two. This year it's like six. Yeah. It's just it's it's 
different Chiefs team. They have to defend depend on their defense. And the Bills didn't play well. Like they played, they started out really good, scored 14 points right off the bat, but then kind of disappeared in the second and the third quarter. And it was like the Chiefs didn't take advantage of it, not at yeah. all. So yeah. the Chiefs, like, yes, yeah, sure, you you lost the game on that play technically, but you lost the game on yourself anyways. Like the Chiefs exactly. did not deserve to win this game. Yeah, for sure. And it's always more than just one play. Yeah. And and the fact that um, what what really got me about the Mahomes thing was was his uh, his statement that you know we like we like it to be between the players. We don't like refs deciding games. We don't like. And he said that that was the reason that he didn't complain about the MVS pass interference that they didn't call because he said, "Oh, that's how I would rather have it. I'd rather have it where you don't call a penalty in the situation you let us play." And I was like, "Okay." And then you start to think about the games, the big games that the Chiefs have won, yeah, benefiting like from the penalties. Super Bowl, you know, think the Super about Bowl this, last this year. The Super Bowl last year, where they get kind of a ticky-tack pass interference call to extend the game and help them, yeah, to keep that drive going and and essentially win the game. That was the game. You look at the Jets game earlier this year where Mahomes throws an interception late in the game and they call a questionable pass interference on Sauce Gardner and give the Chiefs the ball back. So I feel like more often than not, the Chiefs have been the beneficiaries of call big calls late in games that go their way. And so yeah, now all of a sudden they have a call not go their way that wasn't even controversial. This was not a controversial penalty. It was no. obviously offsides. And you're upset about it? I, I just – I don't want to hear about it. It, it was – I thought it was really it was disappointing to see from from Mahomes and Reed the the way that they've react overreacted to this. I mean they yeah they just they sound like they're whining. Yeah, the thing that really got me was like after the game, you know, Josh Allen goes to him to shake his hand, you know, like quarterback shake his hand, and he goes, "That's the worst call I've ever seen in my life." That should have never been like <laughs> Josh was, Allen does not. What, was, what do you think, Josh Allen? What do you think? That he was, was bizarre. Like, and, uh... and you can yeah you can see the reaction on Allen's face. He like has nothing <laughs> to say. Like dude, what do you want me to do about it? Like I'm not a referee. <laughs> Let's yeah, that, right that was that That's was really want. weird. That was really weird too. I, I, from a sportsmanship standpoint, I was like, "Come on, dude, be be a little bit more uh, a better sport than that." Well, like when you're talking to a guy, yeah, you're playing against. Like, yeah, what what is he? Josh Allen didn't have anything to do with that call. Yeah, um, I don't think there's a single team. Sorry, there's not a single team that I would want to play less than the Bills in the playoffs. If I was on the AFC side. Oh, yeah. they are hot right now, and. With the Texans losing and the who else lost? The Colts lost and the Steelers lost. The Bills are are legit, but like they they legitimately could get in. Yeah, I think that's a good, a good segue into our our playoff teams for the AFC. So there's six, seven, and six teams, and two of them can make it. So there's the six and seven seed are both are both seven and six. Or sorry, seven and six. Yeah, yes. seven and six. Uh, it's the Steelers who I think their their magic is kind of gone. They play. The Colts, the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Seahawks, and they can barely beat, you know, they just lost the Patriots. I could see the Steelers losing all of those games. I could see the Steelers going 0-4. I, I, I mean, they lose three, you're out, for sure, guaranteed. Yeah. And I don't think they're... Uh, the Colts and the Texans is really interesting, because I think the Texans, without Stroud, will lose next week to the Titans. And um, with that being said, I think that the Colts and Texans, I think one of those two teams will make it, and it'll be whoever wins in Week 17 when they play each other. The Broncos, probably the easiest schedule on this list. Um, a struggling Lions team is their biggest threat right now, and they play the Patriots, the Chargers without Herbert, and the Raiders, and they're better than all those four teams. I don't see them going 4-0. I definitely see them having a chance. I see them going like 3-1 and and then making the playoffs. Uh, the Bengals' schedule is not pretty either. Although Jake Browning's played absolutely great. I mean, you play the Vikings, who should be a win. You play the Steelers, who... I mean, you never know with the Steelers what kind of team. Kenny Pickett will be back by then. Should be back by then. And then you play the Chiefs and the Browns. Uh, they could go one and three, but I see them going two and two in there and missing the playoffs. And then you have the Bills, who need to either beat the Cowboys or beat the Dolphins. 
Uh, and you also need help because the Bills have zero of the tiebreakers of the six teams above them. Um, so two playoff spots between them. Uh, the Browns and the Jags will both probably make it at 10 and 7 pretty confidently. Uh, the Dolphins are 9 and 4 and they play the Jets who they should beat. But the Dolphins then play the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills. So if they lose all three of those games and the Bills jump them and the Dolphins are been in that wild card or missing the playoff spot. So I think I got... Oh, wouldn't that be crazy? Bills making it, the Broncos making it, and then the Texans making it. It would be just yeah. crazy if the Dolphins didn't make it. That would be crazy. But it's completely, it's totally possible. Definitely possible. The way the way I look at it late in the season is quarterbacks and head coaches, right? Those those are the, the teams with the good quarterbacks or the good head coaches are the ones that I think are, are going to pull away. So, you know, the Steelers have a good head coach, but I don't know. I mean, the quarterback situation is rough. I don't, so I don't trust the Steelers. I think they'll fall out. The Texans, I really, you know, I like Stroud and I like what D'Amico Ryans have done, but they're also, yeah, a first year head coach and a rookie quarterback. And Stroud's hurt now, might probably going to miss this week. So they may fall, they may fall off. The Colts, I think could also fall basically what I'm getting to is I like the Bills because they have Josh Allen. Josh Allen gives you a chance to win every game. The pressure is on. And and we saw, yeah, against the Chiefs that like he's going to do anything he can to win these games. And and I think because of that, he gives you a chance to beat anyone. And then Sean Payton with the Broncos. You have Sean Payton against a really favorable schedule. I I think the Broncos are going to find their way into the playoffs because of Sean Payton. And and Russell Wilson is, you know, is good enough as, as a quarterback for sure. But yeah, I, I think I think the I think the division leaders will stay the same. I, th- I think the Dolphins are I think they'll still win the AFC East, AFC East. So it'll be yeah, Chiefs, Dolphins, Ravens, and Jags. And then my what my three wild card teams Browns. are the Bills, the Browns, the Bills, and the Broncos. That's who I think gets in. I, th- I think the Colts are going to fall out, and I think Pittsburgh is going to fall out, and I I think the Texans um are kind of having some bad luck at, at the worst time here. Joe? Yeah, so, I mean, you look at it, the Chiefs are only one game ahead of the Broncos, which is very interesting because both uh, both of those teams have pretty favorable schedules, uh, and they split uh, their games that they played this year. Uh, Broncos won one of them, Chiefs won the other, so I'm not sure how the rest of the tiebreaker would go down, but that'd be really uh, interesting if the Broncos were to overtake the Chiefs. It's kind of a shame that the Broncos had such a bad start because they're finishing so strong. Um, they could be tied. They just beat, like, I don't know, the Raiders or something like that. Sorry, Gabe. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I think that uh, that's a good point. But anyway, I think the Ravens will win uh, their division. I think the Chiefs will end up sticking it out. They have a very easy schedule. I think the Jags will. With the Dolphins losing to the to the Titans, uh, I think that the Bills are going to overtake them in the AFC East. I know that that might be a crazy take. The Dolphins have a pretty tough schedule. They don't seem to be like a really great team. Honestly, they seem like the AFC's version of the Lions, where I, I, like who have they really beaten? Potential frauds. Um, so I, I could totally see the Bills. And the Bills are, are getting hot right now when it matters the most. Uh, but then I definitely think that the Browns will make it. Uh, I still think the Dolphins will make it uh, in the wild card. Uh, and then uh, the Broncos. So I think the Steelers and Colts and Texans all don't make it. Or the Bengals. Oh, so you agree with me, essentially. But you think the Bills win the Essentially, East. but I think the Bills I think the Bills will win the East. But yeah, the Browns are looking good. I don't think the Steelers are going to – I think the Steelers are going to fall out. Uh, I could see the Colts. I, I don't know. I just don't see the Broncos losing more than one game. Yeah. In, the, in their last four. I, I I agree. With that, they would make it. Yeah. Not. I mean, they could go four and zero with how the Lions have been playing, and that's the toughest game for the rest of the rest of the season. Definitely tight, and it'll be interesting to see how uh, how it shakes out. Be awesome. With that, that that many teams at seven and six is is crazy. Yeah. 
it seems like, yeah, everybody is still at play in the AFC. There's so many tiebreakers and stuff. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, we're going to have to move on to our game predictions. Uh, Chargers at Raiders. I got the Raiders. Chargers without their starting quarterback. I have the Raiders, and it's it's weird because I'm going to be mad if they win because at this point it hurts their draft position. And so, like, as a fan, I'm like, yay, they won. But then looking forward, I'm going to be like, dang, we're going to get a worse pick. So, but yeah, I, I do think they win. Especially I'm going to take the Herbert being as well. Out. Uh, yeah, I'm, Herbert out for sure. We got Vikings and Bengals. I got the Bengals. 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 The, Vi- the Vikings can only beat a team like the Raiders whose offense is so horrible because the Vikings offense is not going to do anything. Steelers at Colts. Kenny Pickett already ruled out. I got the Colts winning that one. Ooh, Joe, what do you think? I don't know. This is a tough one. Yeah. I mean, this is this could be an ugly game, but what, do we know if uh, Jonathan Taylor's back? He's not back yet, is he? I don't think so. No. I'm not sure. I don't know. I think I'm going to take the Colts. Uh, the Steelers the last couple of weeks have looked really bad. Uh, I can totally see them winning this game, but yeah, this, game the Colts. Is, this game is in Indianapolis? Yeah. Yes. I guess, yeah. On the coin flip games, I usually go home team, so I'll go Colts. Broncos at Lions. I mean, this game's kind of a shot in the dark for me. I picked the Lions just because their Broncos pass defense is better than their run defense. So give me the Lions. I'll take the Lions to bounce back at home. If this game was in Denver, I'd be a lot more worried about it. I, I might take the Broncos, but yeah, I'll, I'll take the Lions to bounce back. Uh, Yeah, if I wasn't a diehard Lions fan and literally had a Calvin Johnson shrine right to my left here, I would take the Broncos in this game because the Lions have just showed that they're just horrible and they like <laughs> to break my heart. And they, they have, they've had one really good season in the last five years. It just so happened to be the end of last season and the beginning of this season. So, I mean, that's fantastic. But I'm going to take the Lions because I have I have to uh, because I want to. Giants at Saints. Give me the Saints in kind of an ugly game. Giants at Saints. Oh, this is tough. Give me I the picked Giants. the Giants last week. Give yeah, Giants. I picked the Giants last week. I'm taking them again. Tommy I'll, I'll DeVito. Take, I'll take I'll take the Giants, and I would assume the Saints are favored in this game. So the Giants for the upset. Oh yeah. Bears at Browns. Browns pretty easy. But you said Bears Browns. Bears at Browns. 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 Falcons at Panthers. Give me the Falcons. Oof. Yeah. I just I can't pick the Panthers to beat anybody. They're that is team is maybe the worst offensive line and the worst receiving core in the NFL. So yeah, I'll I'll take the Falcons. Yeah, we were talking about how the Panthers they're gonna sneak one more one more win. It is this week. Panthers are winning this week. Falcons Bucks are not good. Bucks at Packers. I mean, this Bucks defense is just really bad. So give me the Packers. I'll take the Packers. I'm gonna take the Bucks. I'm gonna manifest it again, just like I did last week. <laughs> There you go. Jets at Dolphins. Uh, I know Zach Wilson had a historic game last week, but give me the Dolphins to win this one at home. Yeah, I'll take the Dolphins. Yeah, I'll take the Dolphins as well. Chiefs at Patriots. Chiefs. Chiefs. I'd love it if the if the Chiefs lost, though. Gosh, Patrick Mahomes might beat up a ref. Will Zappi do it again? Will he do it again? Pat- no, he won't. Chiefs Patrick, Chiefs Mahomes, won't. Patrick Mahomes is going to beat up a 65-year-old ref <laughs> if they <laughs> lose this game. Texans at Titans. Give me the, give me the Titans without – because the Texans are without Stroud. Yeah, I mean, this, this, assuming assuming Stroud is out, I got to go with the Titans. They they showed a lot of a lot of good things last night. Yeah, I'm going to take the Titans as well. 49ers at Cardinals. 49ers. 49ers. Niners. Commanders at Rams. Give me the Rams at Rams. Home. I forgot the Commanders. Rams. Were in the NFL. Me too. <laughs> I thought so I thought they I thought they were moved to the XFL. I guess they were just on the bye week this week. Bye week. Oh, okay. Up next, we got Cowboys at Bills. I got the Cowboys, two of the hottest teams in the NFL. This should be a really, really good game, hopefully. I'm going to take the Bills, and this is not a slide on the Cowboys. I just think the Bills understand that they have to win all of these games to make the playoffs, and I think they'll do it. It's in Buffalo. I'm taking the Bills. Bills Mafia, too. <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, up, 
after we talked about how great the Cowboys are, that's all. Oh, the Cowboys are really great. They're yeah. great. Like I said, this is I not. I just want the Bills to win. This is not an indictment of the Bills. Yeah, I think more of this is me wanting the Bills to win, mm-hmm. but whatever. I'll manifest it. Ravens at Jags. I got the Ravens. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is 100% yet. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take the Ravens. Uh, I-, I think they are a just a notch above the Jags. Yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens as well. Sunday or Monday night football. Eagles at Seahawks, which could be a really, really good game, actually. But I still got the Eagles. Um, Give me the Seahawks. Interesting. Give me the Seahawks. Yep. I don't know if Geno Smith is playing or it's Drew Locke. I don't care. Give me the Seahawks. Matter. Does it matter? Does it matter to me? Interesting. I'm still going to take the Eagles. I, th- I think, yeah. Yeah. I think the Eagles win this game. Thank you for listening to Outside Source Football, a home from my couch and Gabriel's couch and Joseph's whoa, whoa, whoa. desk I'm the, chair. I'm in, a, I'm in a desk chair, okay? I'm on the couch. Yeah, you're the lazy one. I, w- I showed up a little bit more professional than you, Evan. I showed up on time. And we had to start this recording three times, Then it's for you people. We love you. we love you all, all the listeners. Hey, okay, last thing, part parting question here. I just saw this on Instagram, and I, I know uh, for sure how you, all of you are going to answer. But, yeah, would you rather uh, watch a game with Taylor Swift and her family or Tommy DeVito's family? Obviously, obviously <laughs> Tommy Tommy DeVito. DeVito's family. <laughs> You know, I mean, actually, good. until last electric. night, I actually never saw. I never saw his family until last night. And man, his dad looks like Tommy. Tommy DeVito's dad. Like, come to, on. To put, a, to, put a, to put a face to the name was nice. You know what his dad does? You know what he does? What? Sanitation? Plumbing. He's got a plumbing company. Oh, close. He's got a he's, he's got a plumbing company in New Jersey. Yeah. Oh man, look, he's look, so look him up. Money. Look him up on Instagram. I'm sure they're blowing up right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, DeVito plumbing. Tommy DeVito. I also saw another thing that said that Tommy DeVito was created in a lab 40 years ago to uh, uh, set Italians back by reinforcing every stereotype possible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but it's definitely a, uh, a story I did not see. Uh, I didn't see coming in the NFL this year, but I'm glad it, I'm glad it did. Well, have a great day.